Hello and welcome back to the SLP Corner podcast. This week's guest is Ali Roshan. Ali is a communicative disorders assistant currently working in a private practice based out of Vancouver called Vancouver Language Therapy for Kids. Ali works with children of all ages ranging from preschool to the teenage years. At Vancouver Language Therapy for Kids, she works with six SLPs and runs the company's Instagram page at Language Therapy for Kids. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Shannon. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to talk about CDAs, SLPAs. Yes, I'm so excited. And not only am I so excited for our topic, but you are from Vancouver. This is so exciting. It's my first Vancouver guest. And we're both at private practices in in Vancouver, so I think that's really cool. So today we're going to be talking about CDAs, SLPAs. Allie and I were talking a little bit before we started recording, and it's just, we're not, it's not something we're familiar with. And I even think everyone, even in the SLP community, we can all learn more. So I really am excited to have Ali on today to just kind of pick your brain, get you to share all your knowledge about this topic. And so we can all just leave feeling like we're a little bit more informed about SLPA and CDA. So first I thought we could just talk about what is an SLPA and what is a CDA and maybe what's the difference. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. So first I'm going to talk about the broad category. So an SLPA is a category of a communication health assistant. Speech and Audiology Canada defines a communication health assistant as any individual employed in a role supporting the delivery of speech, language, pathology, and or audiology services. And they receive supervision in those duties by a qualified speech language pathologist or audiologist. So SLPAs provide direct intervention to target goals that have been decided by the SLP. So those goals could be related to areas such as language, articulation, oral motor skills, social skills, augmentative and alternative communication, and the list goes on depending on the SLP goals. Additionally, SLPAs can also create materials, assist in assessments, complete administrative work, and provide education and training to clients, caregiver, and school staff based on the goals outlined by the SLP. So then, now it is important to note the difference between an SLPA and a CDA, which is a Communicative Disorders Assistant. Under Speech Audiology Canada's guidelines, a communication health assistant must have graduated from a formal educational communication health assistant program in speech, language, and or audiology. So there are support personnel who can use the title SLPA, but not CDA, since they're not formally trained support personnel. Both SLPAs and CDAs can work as SLPAs, but they're limited to which title they use. So a CDA can call themselves an SLPA, but an SLPA cannot call themselves a CDA. And another major difference is a CDA can do screenings, but an SLPA, so without the certificate, you cannot administer screenings. And MBC, it's not regulated. However, in some provinces within Canada and in the US, it is regulated that you can only practice as an SLPA or a CDA if you've graduated from a certificate program. For example, in Ontario, there are CDAs on almost every SLP team and VLTK, Vancouver Language Therapy for Kids, the company I work for, um, they've been using CDAs or SLPAs for 10 years now, but it is hard to find a CDA or SLPA in Vancouver, which is exciting to talk about in Vancouver. Yeah, yeah, totally. So. Do you find this is something people are just really unfamiliar about? Yes, I find it is when I explain the role. So I did my program in Ontario. So there are 10 programs across Canada that you can do the CDA certificate program, but there's none in BC. 
So I find that, especially in Vancouver, when I came here, it was something that I was calling. And then I found VLTK who knew like Donna or Donna Giacchino, our founder and clinical director, she knew exactly what a CDA was and it was so awesome. And so the SLPs in our company have been working alongside them. So they kind of know how, you know, supervision, how it works, how does the assessment look with a CDA or how does a screening look with a CDA, but it is a hard thing to find people that are aware of it and know how to best utilize us. So when I was in my program, I remember on my resume, I had worked as a behavioral intern. I don't know how much people are from the States are going to know exactly, but at least people from Canada. <laughs> so basically if you're work, actually, I mean, you have in the States, there's BCBAs and then there's behavioral interventionists working underneath them. And I remember I worked as a behavioral interventionist, but I, I worked more with SLP. Like I was carrying out her goals and doing treatment. So then I think I referred to myself as an SLPA, but then my clinical coordinator saw it in my program and she was like, no, you are not allowed to call yourself an SLPA that is not allowed. I didn't even know that. And I was like, oh my gosh. So I feel like there's just so many misconceptions with using those titles and everything like that. Yeah. And I find it is hard since in BC, you can work as an SLPA without the program. So you can do your undergrad and then either with either you have a relevant undergrad or you just had volunteer work or work experience, and then you can work as an SLPA. So for example, in BC, if you were say an educational assistant for a few years, you could then move on to be an SLPA. So it is confusing, especially within one country for it to be so different. Yeah, it's a weird line, but that is the thing. So in BC, you can call yourself an SLPA without the program, but you can't call yourself a CDA. Okay, okay. Well, thank you for explaining the difference between those. I think that's a good place to start. So we're all on the same page moving forward. My next question is, what is the advantage of using SLPAs and CDAs in your practice or in the clinic or in the school or what would the main advantages be? Yeah, I love this question. Okay, because a lot of the times SLPs might be not hesitant, but since they don't understand the role, it's so important for SLPs to know that uh, like a speech assistant or a CDA can never replace a qualified speech language pathologist, but we can support the clinical services provided by SLPs. So for example, using a CDA or SLP, you can extend your services. So it can increase the frequency of services to our clients. It can make uh, the SLP can focus more on professional level tasks. We can increase client access to programs and just achieve more effective use of time and resources. And my favorite advantage of using an SLP is just the collaborative therapy aspect of it. So from the intake to the assessment to all forms of the speech language therapy, working on a collaborative team just allows us to kind of elevate our practice. There's different perspectives and you, we find that when you have the option for the SLP and the CDA to collaborate on one client, it's kind of a rare thing within the field, especially within you know, private practice or when SLPs are going into schools, it's sometimes hard to have that other perspective where someone was in the session with you or they are in the assessment with you and they're you're able to talk after about it so for example in our practice uh, usually if a cda is going to be or slpa or cda is going to be working with the client we'll both be at the assessment so we'll be able to help the slp with just taking notes or sharing our observations after and then from there the slp has kind of two perspectives to look at the goals and two ways to Kind of interact with the client sometimes if it's a younger kiddo one of us i'll play with the kiddo and the slp can be 
watching and observing and taking notes or talking to parents. And so it's kind of an awesome way to do therapy. Yeah, that honestly sounds amazing. So everyone knows listening, I, because I mention it every podcast, but I just started working. And that collaboration is so, so amazing. Being able to talk with someone who gets it and is on the same page and notices all those things, it's so helpful. It's better for the child too. Like you said, you're extending those services. You have a team approach. Every person has a different outlook, a different perspective, and you notice different things. So it's so nice to be able to have that kind of collaboration from the beginning, from right from the assessment. That's so nice. And then also then the child just gets so many more supports. So it's, it's really great. It's pretty incredible. One other thing to note, which people not familiar with SLPAs might not realize, is so usually how it works is you'll both be together at the assessment, and then the CDA or SLPA will take over for usually between four to 12 weeks, depending on the comfort level of the SLP with the CDA, the complexity of the client, and then the SLP will join every four to 12 weeks and we'll do another joint session. And then from there, they'll adapt their goals if need be. And then usually after each session, when the SLP is not there, they still look at the session notes. So they still know what's going on with the kid. You join together for the assessment and then the CDA would carry out the treatment and then you'd catch up, you do an overlap session and then you'd continue. That's really nice. So you, so the CDA a lot of times would probably be seeing the parents more and having all those types of updates a lot more and having that communication. Yeah, exactly. So the CDA is the one that's kind of administering the therapy under the goals of the SLP. And then, yeah, the SLP comes and joins to make sure we're on the right track. (laughs) Okay, so we mentioned a few places that you might find an SLPA or a CDA working. For people wondering, like, where would you find one? Can you give us some examples? Yeah, so I'm going to specifically talk about, for this, just if you did the CDA program, because the cool thing about the CDA program is you can work with speech pathologists and audiologists. So if you do the program, you can also call yourself, it's an audiometric or hearing technician. So you can work in either audiology and hearing clinics, children's treatment centers, hospitals, rehab centers, preschool speech and language programs, private speech and language clinics, school boards, private schools, and long-term care facilities. And as a CDA, you can also work um, on the hearing screening programs. So if you don't have the, the training or the certificate, I should say, you can work in everywhere you'd find an SLP, just not, you can't work in the audiology departments. I did not know that. That's really cool. Yeah, it's really awesome. I actually had one of my placements in Vancouver at an audiology clinic. And so it was really awesome. And it's kind of a niche thing that you can work as, yeah, audiology assistant or a speech language pathology assistant. Would you ever work as both? Yeah, I think so. And actually... One of my teachers at my, in my program, my communicative disorders assistant program, she owned a clinic that was both. And so she took placement students and she hires CDAs or audiometric and hearing technicians that can do both. Yeah. That would be so beneficial because having that type of background would just add a whole new layer onto even just the SLP side of things. It is really awesome. And so as CDAs, since you can do, you can do hearing screenings and speech and language screenings, which is 
very awesome. Okay, so we've talked about the difference, the advantages, places you might find an SLPA working or CDA working. One question I have is just like, because I've seen CDAs working in schools, the school system, the school board, and I've seen private practice. If someone's like, oh, I, I'm looking into this career path, I wonder where I would work. Where would you find that SLPAs or CDAs get hired the most? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think it depends on where. So for example, I think in Ontario, the best place would probably be in the school boards, whereas in BC, the best place would be in private practices. And that's just because in the school boards in BC, since it's not as known of a career and since it's not a regulated job here, they don't hire as many CDAs in the school boards, but within private practices in BC, they do. And then if you're in the U.S., I feel like private practices would also be the way to go. But I do know in the U.S., they do hire SLPAs within the school boards. Okay, yeah, that, that makes sense. Okay, so for people out there who are like, I want to do this, what are the next steps? It's comforting to hear someone kind of been through it. What did you have to do? What was your experience? How do you become one? And then also, do you have any tips or advice? Or do you have any kind of looking back things that you would recommend to make the experience working towards this easier or what are your thoughts? First, I think I'll talk about how to become a CDA and then how to become an SLPA. So a CDA, you have to have a diploma and or undergraduate degree first. So for me, I have my degree in linguistics. And after that, it is a postgraduate CDA diploma or a certificate. And like I think I said earlier, there's 10 schools in Canada that offer this certificate. And that is 12 months long. And it includes a minimum of 490 hours of field placements. And then in most cases, on top of that, you, you either have prior volunteer or work experience in the field of communication disorders. And then to become an SLPA, similar that you do need a diploma and or undergraduate degree, but then you don't need the postgraduate diploma and it's either just relevant coursework, on the job training or volunteer experiences. And for me, I volunteered in research when I first started actually. I went to, I did my undergrad at Western University and I know our company hires a ton of volunteers, except for example, usually from UBC, because they're right right there, they're awesome. <laughs> and so we hire a lot of undergraduate degree UBC students as for their volunteer hours. And so that usually helps a lot when applying to just have that experience on your resume and to be able to kind of help sometimes when you're looking for your placement as well. I think the research and just the extracurriculars can be so helpful with these types of things. It's interesting. You said there's 10 programs. That's more than, there's a, there's only six SLP programs. Yeah, that's a very good point. So to end off the podcast, resources for SLPAs and supervising SLPs. What do you have to share on the topic of resources? Yeah, so I think there's three main really awesome resources when it comes to finding out what an SLPA or CDA is and for SLPs to know how to supervise CDs and SLPs. So there is Speech Language and Audiology Canada. There is also the American Speech Language Hearing Association. And then there is a specific Communicative Disorders Assistant Association of Canada, CDAC, 
which has awesome resources as well. And on CDAC, for example, you can find jobs there as well as a CDA or find out more about the programs within Canada. Those are often the go-to resource places, but they are really great that I feel like sometimes people don't look at the communication health assistant parts and they are really great to see the supervising guidelines, especially because I know that that can get a little bit um, murky but it is hard sometimes to know how many hours you're supposed to supervise as an SLP. So those are really helpful to find that out. Okay. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I was really excited to increase the discussion surrounding CDAs, SLPAs. I hope everyone found this helpful. And maybe if anyone's listening, they want to become one or they were wanting to learn more about it. Hopefully this answered some questions for people. And if not, you can DM me and we can, we can try to answer your questions moving forward. But yeah, thank you so much for coming on. So people can find you. You run the company's Instagram page at Language Therapy for Kids. Yes, that's correct. Under the guidance of an SLP, I run the Instagram. <laughs> okay, yeah. So so everyone can go check out at Language Therapy for Kids. And yeah, thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, if you have any other questions or if anything you wanted more detail on, definitely just message me. Okay, awesome. All okay. right. Well, I will see everybody next Monday.